This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. What's up, hockey fans? This is the Golden Edge Podcast, the podcast where the Las Vegas Review Journal talks a lot about hockey because we have a lot to get into after one of the newsiest days we've had in months yesterday as the NHL kind of formally announces what a restart would potentially look like if we do eventually get a restart. There's obviously a lot of hurdles we have to cross to get there, but we're going to break it all down for you guys. There's so much to get into today. Before we do all that, though, of course, I got to remind you guys uh, that we are sponsored by STN Sports Mobile from Station Casinos. We are presented by Favor, drinkafavor.com. And then quick, uh, just a reminder to check out all our written coverage of all we're going to talk about at reviewjournal.com. Also, rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. Uh, whatever you do to podcast, please do to this one. We had Golden Knights broadcast analyst Mike McKenna on last week, and he was just awesome talking about you know some of his thoughts thoughts on potential restart plans and his kind of journey to get to where he is today. So I'd really recommend you guys check that out uh, if you have time. But let's not waste any more time and get to the meat of this episode, which is the format. We had Gary Bettman just given the old fireside chat uh, with his front-facing camera across multiple platforms yesterday. And normally I would make fun of it, but honestly, it was glorious. It was a great change of pace to have something constructive to talk about so now we know after months of speculation 24 nhl teams are officially coming back in a sort of modified playoff postseason there's actually still semantics being worked out but 24 teams are coming back the bottom seven aren't top 12 teams in points percentage in each conference are returning to play obviously that includes the golden knights they are uh top four in the western conference the number three uh, which means that because they're in that top four, they will get a bye before the actual postseason starts, and they're going to play the other top three teams, the St. Louis Blues, Colorado Avalanche, and Dallas Stars, in a round robin that is going to determine seeding. Regular season points percentage is going to be the tiebreaker there. Uh, the rest of the teams, you know, teams 5 through 12 in each conference, are going to get uh, paired off in a play-in round that will determine the 16 teams that ultimately kind of form the normal playoff bracket uh, there's a ton of TBDs that we got to get into because there's still so much up in the air. But I got to get you guys' initial reactions off the bat. Dave, 
what did you think when you learned that, hey, this is officially what we're going with, according to the NHL? At least there's something. You know, it's a step. It's positive. Like, nothing's going to be perfect. You can poke holes in it. There's all kinds of little issues that, you know, I guess if I was a fan that I would have with, with certain things. But in general, the NHL got ahead of, I don't want to say the other leagues, but I guess, you know, not, it's not a competition, but they've got a plan out there. They're moving forward. Obviously, there's a lot of ifs, and this doesn't mean that they're going to play, but it means that if they play, this is how they're going to do it. It's a big step. It's a big, you know, it's a big move toward restarting the league, toward getting everybody back on the ice, and for the bigger picture, just giving everybody, you know, something to kind of, uh, I guess, feel good about right now. Yeah, it's interesting that you brought up the NHL is, yeah, for once kind of ahead of something because for so long we've been talking about how they've been kind of following the NBA's lead in terms of Rudy Gobert, of course, had that positive test, which led to the NBA shutting down, which led to then the NHL shutting down. But, of course, the NBA is still debating what exactly what exact format they're going to use when they come back. There's been talk of even doing like a World Cup group stage kind of thing, which would be kind of crazy. But the NHL, you know, took the lead and came up with a plan. Uh, Adam, what are your thoughts on what they ended up presenting? Yeah, I was I was actually surprised at how positive the reaction was uh, for a couple of reasons. And, and, you know, you guys have both mentioned it, but this is there is a lot of ifs involved in this. And they're, and they're still... Even the, the plan that was presented, like, you know, people can debate it. And I think it's fun to put something out and say, hey, if we come back, this is the format and, and allow people to debate that instead of debating, you know, the virus and, you know, if we're ever going to have sports and all these other things. Like, here's a format and you can pick this apart instead of all the other things. So I think that was positive. But to me, I, I'm, I mean, I'm skeptical by nature, obviously. And, you know, people might say, uh, you know. A, a negative person, a, a Debbie Downer, as I was called on Twitter yesterday, and that's fine. Uh, but to me, all this was really is putting some pressure on the players. And, and I, I, you know, call me cynical, but you know, these other sports, and you see what baseball is doing right now, and baseball is already kind of going under a, you know, a, just a PR nightmare in terms of the players because the players are kind of, you know, fighting back and saying, well, if we don't get this, we don't get this, then you know, maybe we're not going to you know, we're not going to be able to, to go anywhere. And because there's no plan out there, there's just all this like talk about the, the baseball players and how they don't want to play, even though that's ridiculous. Uh, so I think, I think the NHL was almost being like, Hey, here's our plan. And if the players want to come back, this is what they're going to come back to. And, and, you know, I, I think there's a lot of hurdles still to clear before we have any semblance of this actually happening. I mean, as you, as you noted, no dates, what are the cities, by the way, if they do name the cities, we see it seems like they're going to have to make some adjustments based on you know certain teams not playing at home. If it was to be Las Vegas or Toronto or somewhere like that, I mean, there, there's just so many things that have not been announced and not been decided uh, that I had a hard time getting excited about it. But I do understand the optimism of, hey, here is a plan that could potentially be put in place if everything works out properly. Yeah, I think what you're touching there is just, everyone's just so desperate to latch on to something. I mean, it's why obviously the last dance, this ESPN documentary on Michael Jordan did record ratings. Uh, you know, this golf tournament or exhibition with Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods, record ratings over the weekend. Everyone just wants to, you know, feel good about something. And so I think 
that's what the wave that kind of carried the day yesterday, even though, you know, even this format just taking on its face has a lot of holes that you can poke into it and we'll, you know, kind of poke some of those holes. But first I want to yeah, nail out specifically those what ifs that you guys were kind of mentioning. Um, number one is obviously we don't know when this is all going to take place. The NHL hasn't even put an official timeline on uh, quote unquote phase two, which is what they're calling uh, the point in time when teams can start to have small group workouts, you know, maximum of six players out of their team facilities. So the next step, which they hope is kind of early June is, you know, the Knights can have up to six guys work out at city national arena, but that hasn't been set in stone yet. So thus we don't know necessarily when training camps, which would be phase three will then start. And that's going to potentially take about three weeks. And then only after that, will we get to phase four, which is this kind of, tournament format that they have laid out here and so you're already looking at the earliest this could all happen is late july early august and as we've seen so often over the past couple months uh any plans can get waylaid very quickly during the time that we're living in uh we also don't know where this is all going to happen uh as adam mentioned las vegas is one of the considerations for one of the two hubs they're going to do this at so they're going to have the western conference stationed in one hub city and the Eastern Conference stationed in the other. There are 10 contenders right now, uh, including Las Vegas, but it's going to be another three to four weeks, uh, Gary Bettman said, until they decide officially. And that's really just because, you know, in three to four weeks, maybe COVID-19 has spread a lot more to a certain area or the numbers and stats just look different. So that's why they're kind of um, waiting to make that determination. And then Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly did kind of hint that they're not sure whether, you know, if Las Vegas is chosen, if the Knights would be allowed to play in that hub. And there's certainly a lot of uh, hub cities under consideration that also would house, you know, potential playoff teams. You know, Dallas, Minnesota, uh, Columbus are all names that you mentioned, Toronto. And obviously all those teams are coming back, too. So that's still very much up in the air. And uh, even though we, have, of course, are going to keep talking about uh, this format, the format itself is not fixed in either. We know the play-in round is going to feature, you know, those teams seeded 5 through 12 in best of five series. But after that, uh, rounds one and two of the official playoffs, you know, we'll call them, no one knows whether those are going to be best of five or best of sevens yet. We do know the conference finals and Stanley Cup final will be a best of seven. Uh, we also don't know whether the bracket will reseed after this play-in round. And so that way you will make sure that whichever team finishes with the number one seed in each conference gets the easiest possible matchup, or you're just going to lock it in to a bracket. So there's still just so many balls in the air in terms of how this is all going to play out. And as Adam was kind of hinting at, that doesn't even get into the ultimate question of, is this even feasible or is this even going to work out? I mean, we talked to... Bettman and Daly yesterday and their big thing was we need to have testing available in these locations that uh, would not place an undue burden on local governments and they're willing to pay millions of dollars for all these tests so whether these tests are actually going to be readily available to test players potentially once a day when games are actually happening is certainly uh, up in the air uh, but now that we've kind of laid all this out and kind of given our general thoughts let me quick ask Dave you talked to Nate Schmidt uh, who is the Knights NHLPA representative. So he's been kind of in the thick of these 
negotiations. So uh, want to just give us a quick overview on what the Knights kind of uh, thinking on all of this was? Yeah, for the most part, in terms of the format, Nate Schmidt felt they got it right. He was in favor of, you know, kind of the 2014 format and and just accepting that nothing's going to be perfect and and not everybody is going to be happy with with all of this. But, you know, the bigger issue and and we touched on it a little bit is just safety. And the players want to make sure and and have security and understand the situation. I know one of the things that Nate Schmidt mentioned to me was when the memo went out with kind of all of the guidelines for phase two, which is the opening of the team facilities for small group practices and workouts and things like that. There were several, you know, right down to face masks and, you know, every little detail about the guidelines for that, that kind of process and and what's going to go on with, you know, when that happens, when phase two, I guess, opens up. There was a lot of reassurance that the players felt from that in in terms of the NHL looking at the at all of this from a safety perspective. And and Gary Bettman had mentioned, you know, yesterday that once it gets to the hub city point, if they get there and the NHL takes over testing, they expect, you know, twenty-five thousand to thirty thousand tests to be administered through all of this. So that's kind of the biggest thing in in the players mind and and yes they they want to know how the hub cities are going to work and and can they see their families but ultimately it's it's about safety for for them the coaches the staff equipment people and you know if we're allowed media and and really everybody else that's going to be involved in this yeah it's worth mentioning in regards to safety that you know phase 2 kind of return uh, memo was like 20 plus pages just for these small group workouts so imagine how many pages that document is going to be when we're actually talking about uh games but uh there's some quick overview of you know the knights and schmidt's thoughts let's hear actually from schmidt directly uh with some audio that dave got on what he thinks about these negotiations i'm kind of curious what this whole process has been like for you as the player rep kind of transitioning between you know, like picking up pasta with your mouth to having to have like serious conversations, you know, with, you know, the union and, and your teammates and things about serious topics. Yeah. So, um, one of the big things is, yeah, I guess you go from hockey to bureaucrat, I guess, in a, in a hot second, you know, you're <laughs> sitting there trying to see what, uh, see the other side of things that, the, the paperwork side. Um, but uh, it's been the the just been long days, you know. Um, and right now, you're you welcome those days because it keeps you busy for longer parts of the day. But on any given day um, that we would do anything that regards to the PA, and I've always been, you know, I've had experiences where you know some player reps uh, were really good, and some of them were good in some ways, and some you don't really hear much about. And for me. Uh, I, you know, any given day that we'd have a, a call, you know, I try uh, as best I can to, to, you know, get myself situated in the office, get my notepad out, and take as many notes as I can, just to, you know, so that, um, and if I, if I have questions I can ask or, you know, voice my opinion on, on certain things. Sometimes those days for me, they get long. They get, 
You know, last when I was sitting in my chair in the desk here at two, and I, I think I got up around seven. You know, so I get it. It's, it's the longer days, but it's good. It, it, it's something that I I like doing. It's just a lot different. They say a healthy gut means a healthy you. Favor apple cider vinegar shots? Bottle this feeling into the convenience of a two-ounce shot. Better digestion, stronger immune system, and the lowering of blood sugar levels are just some of the benefits to shooting a daily favor shot. Their proprietary blends are raw and organic and mixed with other functional ingredients to create a better tasting experience. First-time shooters can go to drinkafavor.com. So there's Nate Schmidt kind of addressing directly how everything is going to play out. Uh, And let's dig into this a little bit more from the Knights' perspective. So they're starting, as we've talked about before, as the number three seed in the Western Conference. They are officially the top seed in the Pacific. So uh, we're going to discuss later whether they should start uh, hanging up that banner. But they have a chance also to grab the number one seed from the St. Louis Blues in this format by just winning basically three games. This coming despite the fact that they were eight points behind the St. Louis Blues with 11 games to go when everything shut down. So that was almost certainly not going to happen. The Knights grabbing the number one seed without this kind of special boost. Um, And as we mentioned, it wasn't a given that they were going to win the Pacific necessarily either. They were three points up on the Oilers, but that's not necessarily an insurmountable lead with 11 games to go, though they certainly were in pole position. And like a lot of other teams, this format, obviously, because it's not going to take place until, you know, early August, we think potentially at the earliest, still it gives a lot of time for the Knights to get healthy because they were pretty banged up when we last saw them. Uh, the biggest con is, of course, their road is probably a little bit more difficult now than in the traditional playoff bracket because, of course, they would mainly play Pacific Division teams until the conference final in a normal setup, whereas now they potentially will have to play two of the Blues, Avalanche, and Stars with how it's set up since those are the top four. So they might have to play you know, two of the best teams in the Western Conference as opposed to maybe just one if the bracket were to break right. But as we all know, in the National Hockey League playoffs, the bracket almost never breaks right it almost never breaks on traditional lines everything's nuts and i think this playoff format has the potential to make things a lot more nuts Uh, adam what are your thoughts on how this kind of setup is either good or bad for the knights ultimately i mean i think you you did a pretty good job breaking down like where it is better where it might be worse but i think the biggest thing that you know overrides all of that is, is another factor that uh, you already mentioned, which is the health factor. I mean, I, I don't think there's any uh, certainty to um, what the status would have been going forward uh, for Mark Stone uh, in particular, and 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 you know, Patrick was uh, banged up as well. I mean, there's there's going to be an opportunity to get healthy. Now that goes for every team in the league, but I think if you're looking at a Golden Knights team that was starting to you know wonder a little bit about what their health was going to be like down the stretch. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing you could possibly have. And, you know, I don't, I don't think you know exactly how, and we talked uh, with McKenna last week about how long it's going to take goaltenders uh, to get focused and get ready. Um, I think that, you know, it, it, the rest is certainly good for a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury. Now, this might be too much rest uh, that you wouldn't want, uh, but, you know, he'll be rested. And uh, I think you'll, you'll have two goaltenders that 
have the opportunity to to be healthy, and and you would assume that at least one gets very sharp uh, and, and is re- is ready to go. So uh, I think I think a lot of good uh, comes for the Golden Knights just in terms of having some time to just get everybody ready and get everybody at full strength. But you never know how players are going to react to that time off and who's going to be able to get back up to full strength quickly. But the health will be a very important aspect for for Vegas. No, totally. Uh, Dave, what's your perspective on all this? I mean, I guess, you know, they probably weren't going to catch the Blues with 11 games left. And now they have a three-game roll the dice who gets hot quicker for the top seed. Now, I guess you can argue really like how much of an advantage is the top seed unless the NHL decides to reseed the tournament and and going through that whole kind of thing. And like, at least for me personally, I think they need to reseed it after the qualifying round, which they're calling it, or playing around, whatever the heck you want to do it. And then you can do a bracket for for 16. If they if they're they've talked about it, Nate Schmidt kind of talked about this with me as well. Everybody's made a big deal about the integrity of of the playoffs and the format and and keeping that as much as possible. And and if they're going to view this as this is a play-in and the real playoffs postseason doesn't start until they get to 16 teams, then from that perspective, you know, I, I don't I just I don't I don't know. I, I think the biggest thing is the Knights can the Knights can jump up. Sorry, I got a little distracted there by something, but but I think that my biggest takeaway is is the Knights can move up. That that they have a shot at it. And you know, we'll see who their opponent is. We'll see if it turns into an advantage. But from that standpoint, they can move up. And the flip side to it is they can move down. If they're not ready right away and, and it takes them a little bit to get their legs, you know, they could follow the fourth seed. They could have a harder, you know, a harder path in, in that regard. Or they could get a path with, you know, nothing but Pacific Division teams, which which seems to favor them in 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 all of this, because that's the one thing this format takes them away from the division kind of kind of format that they've used the last few years that has favored them so much because they've done so well within within the, the division. Yeah, something you brought up there we should mention is kind of the impetus behind doing this whole round robin thing, which is, you know, it gives the Knights and all these other top teams uh, a, you know, a way to get sharp basically before they have to play, you know, absolutely, you know, do or die playoff games. And we'll still see whether that gives them, you know, that competitive edge back right away but the whole idea and uh, pete DeBoer has expressed this before on uh the espn and ice podcast is that he didn't view a pure buy as in you know the knights basically sit uh, on their heels while everyone else you know plays this playing round as an actual advantage he thinks you need to actually be playing competitive games and kind of get your juices up in order to match the intensity of a team that's actually you know playing for its life essentially and so he was worried that if all these you know top four teams were just kind of sitting around that they would get waxed in the first round because they will would have been idled idle for months and you know a team like the oilers the number five seed would all of a sudden have an extra edge because they had been playing competitive hockey sooner and that they would have potentially cruised against you know a higher seeded opponent so this removes that a little and it does put something on the line as well as i said if you're the, a blues fan you can argue whether it's fair 
that something is on the line, but I think the idea is that way it encourages these teams to treat the round robin a little bit more seriously. And at least that's the thought process behind it. Whether you agree with that, I'm sure is uh, whether you're a blues fan or potentially a fan of another team like the Tampa Bay lightning who voted no on the format because they were concerned about losing seating just based on three games. Uh, So we'll see. That's something that's going to be very much to be determined how the team's kind of coming out of that round robin fair and whether they get up to speed quick enough. There's also, you know, as we talked about before, where the Knights might not get to play in T-Mobile Arena, we don't know how the, you know, home ice advantage or lack thereof might affect some of the results we're seeing, whether that evens the playing field, because already we hear so much about the parity in the NHL, and it seems that this format in a lot of ways is going to really even things out for a lot of teams. I mean, there's a lot of ways this can go, uh, but we just have no way of knowing right now. Uh, So we'll see how this all plays out. The other big question, of course, and I alluded to earlier, comes from Dave's Twitter account, which is the Knights are officially the top team in the Pacific Division, and Gary Bettman did declare the 2019-20 regular season concluded and i think we already got an answer to this from the knights but i want to ask you guys uh starting with you dave do you hang a pacific division banner well let's start with whether they're officially the pacific division champions because i guess if you ask some folks at the sports book right adam like there's some debate about that and whether they're officially recognized so uh, to answer your question though ben i would say if the season is finished if they award the stanley cup if you know, the world heals and and we all go on and we recover from what we're going through. And, you know, the 2019 season is just something different as opposed to something that gets canceled or whatever. And hanging a banner isn't, say, in poor taste like Nashville. Then, yeah, hang a banner like you're the you're the division champs. But I think, you know, I think there's some things to consider in terms of the season and, and just making sure this all gets, you know, finished in, in a proper way and, and, you know, kind of paying respect to, uh, to everything that's been going on. Adam, what's your, what's your perspective? I mean, this is an easy call. You absolutely do not hang a banner. There's no way. Uh, I, I would, I would pose the question to Golden Knights fans, but I know it's going to be tough to be honest about it. Uh, if the Golden Knights were in second, would you want Edmonton hanging a banner? There's no chance. There would be it would be an outrage. People would be flipping out on message boards and Twitter. Uh, it would be it would be like the end of the world saying, "Well, you, the Golden Knights didn't have their chance to catch them. They could have caught them. Uh, it, it just would have happened." I mean, it, there you know, there, there's something to be said about actually playing out all of the 82 games and having having those teams know, like, "Hey, this is do or die. You have to win these last three to win the division." Like, you have to go through that. And if there's just a time when you arbitrarily end it, there's no chance. Uh, that you do that. And, and you know, what Dave's referring to is uh, in the sports books, they're absolutely not division champions. I mean, that's not a, that's not even a question or a debate. Uh, it has to be an 82 game schedule. Uh, it, it's not, you know, they're not going to pay that out. So uh, that is, you know, that's settled. And, and the question at the sports books also is, is this next round uh, of play in games actually considered playoffs? Cause there was bets. Uh, yes. No. Will team, will team a or team B make the playoffs? Um, 
I don't think it should count as the playoffs. I don't think it does count to the playoffs until that play-in round is complete and you have 16 teams left. But uh, there's a lot of lot of debate to be had there. But in terms of winning the division, like, no, I, I think it's an easy call of no. And I think you just look back at, you know, you mentioned the banners in Nashville. I, I just think you you look at all the mocking that teams have taken for for doing this. And, you know, around the league, if you look around and everybody else is hanging banners for division championships, I, I guess it's tough to make the argument against it, but – uh, to me, if it, if the season's not completed, you don't hang a division title banner. But the season is completed. Like no, the, the eighty-two games are not if the eighty-two games. Chances, yeah, it's unusual. You know, I mean, it's not like the lights going out. It it is like no, it, it is like that. You know, if if you're if you're winning a game, if it's if you're up four-two, you know, to start the third period, uh, and, and they, they they say, you know what, we can't continue anymore. Like I don't look at that as winning the game. I think the team that's behind would say like. No, we had a chance to rally and win. You can't say that you won the game. Uh, so yeah, I, I just I don't think that I don't think you can do it. I just don't I don't think you can. But um, I would be shocked if they didn't. <laughs> so I don't. Think. It certainly seems like uh, based on their Twitter account that they probably will. And no matter what your perspective, I mean, it's certainly fascinating. And uh, our good friend Danny Webster, who writes for NHL.com, pointed this out. Uh, Shea Theodore really came in clutch for the Knights because, of course. Their last two games at Calgary, at Edmonton, had late goals, including an overtime winner at Edmonton to make sure the Knights were three points ahead, you know, in the last game before everything paused. Uh, Theodore, if Theodore doesn't score those goals, obviously, as Adam kind of alluded to, we might be having a much different conversation or at least a very different tone when it comes to this conversation. The Knights, uh, we should also mention, were scheduled to return to Edmonton one more time before the regular season concluded. So they would have gone head to head and that likely would have definitely been a major deciding factor if, you know, the season were ever going to continue, which obviously now it will not. Uh, but something else. I was just going to uh, jump in. Dave, one, I just wanted to say one final point to your point. Adam, sorry, Ben is, is just the completion of the season and, and all of that is why I think we're getting the 24 team format with all this because you have teams like the Rangers in, you know, Columbus, you have teams like, you know, Nashville, Winnipeg, to some extent, Vancouver, kind of these, I guess, maybe quote unquote bubble teams, depending on how you do it, that felt they had, you know, a claim, Hey, we had nine, 10, 11 games here to sort out if we were going to make the playoffs. And so just, just to your point, Adam, I think that's why we're, at the point that we're at now that Gary Bettman is announcing a 24 team field that the NHLPA is trying to make it as, I guess, equitable as possible for those teams. And in those situations, because it is just such a unique circumstance. So what you're saying is the season wasn't over. So teams still, you know, have a chance to play their way in. So the, well, what the division I'm, wasn't what I'm over. Saying is, what I'm saying is if I, if I was a sports book, I wouldn't pay out the tickets either, but, no. but, but I would also hang a banner. All right. Well, well I, I, the only thing I'll say, and I, I said it, but I'll, I'll reiterate it. If you are, if you're a Golden Knights fan, and you know, take take us out of the equation here because we're, you know, we cover them. But if you're a Golden Knights fan, if Edmonton was in first place, what would you feel about them hanging a banner for division champion? That's the that's the only question I want everybody to ask themselves. Yeah. So speaking of kind of this nebulous uh, state that you guys kind of referred to in that whole playing thing that Dave was touching on. The draft lottery, we should also point out, is just going to be wonky. And luckily, 
thankfully for us, we don't have to spend too much time on this because the Knights uh, in this format are not going to be a lottery team uh, for sure. But there's going to be two different drawings, which is going to be very confusing. One involving the seven teams that are for sure out of it. And then a bunch of basically placeholder teams. And then the eight teams that will be eliminated in the play-in round will then jump into the lottery as these placeholder teams and have a second drawing to determine uh, if they get one of the three spots. That's a very bad explanation. But like I said, luckily, it doesn't affect really the Golden Knights. So hopefully people will forgive me, um, which speaks to the point of these playing rounds being this sort of, you know, purgatory between the regular season and the playoffs, because just like in a normal season, teams that don't make the 16 team playoff bracket will be in the lottery as per usual. The only just really awkward, weird thing is now we will have these, you know, teams that were clearly going to make the playoffs like the Oilers, like a Pittsburgh have a chance to get into the lottery now, which seems just really weird. And it's not an insignificant chance that they're going to the lottery too, because now of course, you know, already, as I've mentioned earlier, best of seven NHL playoff series are already, you know, not a total crapshoot, but they are pretty even when you see a lot of upsets in the NHL playoffs, including last year where all four division winners bowed out in the first round. So now when all of a sudden you increase the uncertainty by making it a best of five, uh, it would not be shocking to see either one of those teams, you know, the Pittsburghs or the Edmontons jump into the lottery. So just that whole situation is weird, but I think it illustrates the purgatory that you guys were kind of talking about. Uh, Quickly should also mention next season could not happen for a while. That was something Bettman certainly hinted at in his uh, little Zoom call that, the regular season next year could start as late as November, December, or even January, he mentioned as a target. But he does say that they're going to have a full regular season next year. What that all means is really, I mean, it's so much to unpack there. And there's obviously way more pressing things to unpack, as we've already mentioned. But having a full 82-game regular season that starts in January raises a whole lot of questions if that's indeed how it plays out. And then one other uh, Knights angle that we should hit quickly is uh, Jack Dugan, who we've mentioned before as a really good Knights prospect. He has agreed to turn pro uh, after a outstanding sophomore season at Providence. Uh, He is likely not going to be eligible for the playoffs, even though in a normal season, he would be. He Uh, will likely have to sign an entry-level contract that starts next year because the NHL doesn't want, quote-unquote, ringers being added to this modified playoff format this year, even though, as we've seen uh, previously, I mean, Kale McCarr signed right out of college and joined the Avalanche in the playoffs last year. Now he's uh, a potential Calder Trophy winner. We saw Nikita Gusev sign an entry-level contract uh, in, I believe it was either late March or early April last year. He was technically eligible for the playoffs even though he never actually played and i don't think this will ultimately really affect the knights too much because the odds of dugan getting into a playoff game seem pretty low with kind of the forward depth the knights have when everyone is healthy but it is kind of a weird wrinkle and it's certainly going to hurt other teams am i kind of you know framing that right dave yeah i mean i'm just i just have so many issues with like 
that and the draft lottery and like the Dugan thing, especially because like it's a Kirill Kaprizov or however you pronounce it role, basically, you know, it's the NHL not wanting the Russian kid to come over, but in every. Yeah. So quick jump in on that. Uh, so people have context. Uh, Kaprizov Kaprizov is the wilds number one prospect. He's considered probably at this point, you know, ahead of the draft, the number one prospect, I would say, in all of hockey, the top non NHL guy He's 23. You know, I think he scored 30 goals this year in the KHL. So really, really good player. Uh, and he's, yeah, the wild would obviously on in a normal circumstance, be able to add him to their roster right around this time. And, uh, if they had made the playoffs, they're one of those bubble teams, he would have been eligible to play for them during the postseason. And right now, uh, the NHL is saying, obviously, we will not allow him or, of course, a guy like Dugan in, which for the Wild is more of a problem than for the Knights, because now Kaprizov might just say, well, like, well, if you can't won't let me play now and your regular season might not start until January, I might just stay in Russia for another year. But obviously, that's more of a wild discussion. And I'll throw it back to you, Dave. Yeah, well, I mean, but it kind of I mean, I don't know, obviously, in terms of Jack Dugan, he, he's committed to turning pro. It's not like he's going to all of a sudden change, change his mind and go back to Providence. That was kind of the whole deal with his structure of his agreement and why he didn't quote unquote sign his deal and, and all that, because he was leaving open the possibility of all this and, and, you know, we'll see. But I mean, in terms of impact, yeah, I mean, I don't, I think the Knights roster is probably pretty well set. Like in terms of they're going to expand it. They're going to bring guys up from, you know, the AHL and, and all of that. But I don't know that that you could have dropped Jack Dugan in and expected like a Kale McCarr impact or, or something like that. Maybe that that's not fair to him, I guess. But I don't know. I'm still distracted. I'm still stuck on the draft lottery. <laughs> I can't stand the draft lottery. It hurts my head and I just don't like it. Like, I don't like the fact that Toronto can have a chance to win the Stanley Cup if they don't win it and the number one team or, or I'm sorry, not if they don't win it, but if they get bounced in the first round and one of those placeholder teams ends up with the number one pick, they have a 12.5% chance at getting the number one pick. And then you have Montreal that like would have been eighth overall by a you know points percentage and all that. And then their percentage of winning the number one pick and finishing the lottery, basically it's like like cut in in like like two thirds and and whatever. I'm terrible at math, but I just I don't know that, that those are the two things that I don't like about all of this. And and to go back to my kind of thing at the start, like yeah, you can poke holes in it. If I'm going to poke holes in stuff, it, it's the draft lottery, which seems totally made for TV for me. Like they just have to have something in June, and and this restriction on the contracts, I I'm I'm at a loss for that one. I don't understand it. The restriction for the contract feels to me like we've got a hundred things that we've got to figure out in order to make this work. Let's not make it one one But I have a feeling that uh, Bill Guerin, who is the Minnesota Wilds general manager, is going to be calling Bill Daly nonstop to try to get that changed. And it's not official yet, so maybe his lobbying will work. Um, so that's our quick, quick takes on the format hit. I say quick, but it's obviously it takes so long to unpack. And we only lightly touched on the just weirdness that Dave kind of mentioned is the draft lottery. I have a lot of questions about it, but luckily 
uh, for us in terms of being Golden Knights reporters. We don't really have to dig deep into it. Uh, some quick other news items we should mention before we get out of here. Uh, the Knights AHL team name and logo is going to be revealed revealed Thursday. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. So if you uh, listen to this either later today or tomorrow uh, at KSNV3, Channel 3, the NBC affiliate here locally, that's where the Knights are going to reveal their uh, team name and logo at 7 p.m. Uh, also check back to reviewjournal.com for all your news and updates there. We're obviously expecting uh, something akin to Henderson Silver, Silver Knights, but you know maybe there's an upset brewing and we'll all just be surprised tomorrow together. Uh, we should also mention the Knights officially canceled their final four home games because, of course, the regular season is now officially kaput. And they're offering uh, refunds or credits to those fans that had tickets. They're also, uh, and Dave, you can jump in on this, officially going to start to use that fund that they had for arena workers now that those games are officially canceled. So uh, the team does deserve kudos for those things. Yeah, and they haven't said when exactly other than you know kind of stay tuned so there's still some more hoops and and things that they've got to jump through they've obviously you know made an effort to point out that you know these are not employees of the golden knights and and there's a lot of different elements that that go into it but it seems like the wheels are in motion um once gary bettman made the announcement that kind of freed them up to do this so we'll see as things progress and and now that you know, there's kind of an official plan from the NHL that that the Golden Knights can go ahead and uh, start to get working on this. I would expect that type of stuff to uh, happen probably after the uh, the team name and logo is revealed for the AHL. Kind of kind of step by step here, uh, baby steps, I guess, in all of this. Yeah. Uh, one last thing before we get out of here, I should also mention the Knights are one of the favorites to uh, win the Stanley Cup in this playoff format. Uh, I would take, of course, those odds with uh, tons of grains of salt. Not that the Knights aren't well positioned in this format, as we talked about. They are, and I certainly think you could argue that minus the injuries, they were certainly peaking at the right time, and they've got a very well-rounded roster. But uh, no one knows anything, usually, when it comes to the NHL playoffs, and that seems more true this year with this kind of novel format than any time ever before the Knights certainly deserve to be a favorite but there's just so much uh we don't know jump on the rangers oh sorry did i say that out loud <laughs> the rangers their first round matchup the rangers uh who will be facing the carolina hurricanes who were one of the other two teams to vote no i think speaks to how dangerous uh they think the rangers are going to be uh, anything else, guys? You know, was that was that enough for us uh, for just today? You know, having all of this news kind of come out in a uh, short period of time, or is there still stuff that we missed? I, th- I think. I mean, I think we're. I was going to say we're we've covered it. I don't know if that if that's the case. There's so much uh, to happen. Just uh, keep in mind, be excited, but don't be overly excited. There's still a lot to work out, and. Uh, you know, even even the parts that have been announced can change between now and then if we if we do have uh, this return to play put in action. Yeah, so just to remind people before we sign off, the kind of next tent polls for the NHL are sometime early this uh, next month in early June. They hope to do phase two, which is the reopening of team facilities, small group workouts, groups of about six or no more than six. Then hope. 
They hope in mid to late July that they're going to start their training camp period, which is phase three. That's going to be about three weeks. And then ultimately the goal is, you know, late July, more likely early August, they will actually start phase four, which is the competition aspect of all this. So still a ways away from a lot of stuff happening and still a lot of flexible timelines from the NHL. It's also three to four weeks until they determine the two hubs that they're going to ultimately play at. And of course, Las Vegas is one of those uh, 10 cities being considered, but still a ways away till we know officially whether they're going to hunker down in Las Vegas or not. Well, I think that's sorry. Before you go, go Ben, I just want to jump in real quick that um, if folks are going to want to go up to city national and watch any of that phase two stuff, it is going to be closed according to the NHL. So don't expect like public practices or, or anything like that. Like things happen before it's going to be a completely different situation. And, and was told, like I said, according to the NHL memo, and then also according to the team that, that everything is going to be closed to the public. No, that's good to point out. Thanks for bringing that up. Well, that's just one last bit of information before we uh, sign up. Hopefully (laughs) it never stops. And it's, there's still so much more that, uh, you know, as we've brought up, will still be determined in the coming days and weeks here, including just, you know, ironing out the format and how exactly everything's going to work. So make sure to, uh, you know, check back to reviewjournal.com or we'll keep you guys updated on everything that we're hearing all the latest, as we said on Thursday, check uh, Thursday night for the AHL team name and logo as the Knights continue to go full speed ahead with that. Thanks to SDN sports mobile from station casino for sponsoring us. Uh, drink a favor.com for presenting us. Of course, remember to you know rate review, subscribe, whatever you do to podcasts, please do to this podcast. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And we'll talk to you guys again real soon. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.